2020, many shall bear fruit financially, physically. 2022, many, 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 many shall bear fruit. But the seeds shall be laid in 2021. And we shall bear the fruits in 2022. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Today I want to just encourage us that it is time that we took Jesus seriously. We have to stop playing church. We have to stop just being part of the multitude. I'm also a member of this church. I was born a Catholic. I was born a Presbyterian. I was born an Anglican. I was born a Methodist. I was born a Pentecost. I was born Assemblies. I was born, yes, Lutheran. I was born uh, Reformed. I was born, I was born, I was born, I was born. And you have to get to the place where you have become. Where you have become. You have become. You have become. You have become. So just for a few moments, I want to highlight a couple. How many of us will say that, you know, we have experienced in the past or we are currently experiencing or we have been the source of others experiencing rejection, betrayal, accusations, depression, sicknesses, addictions, brokenness, offenses, pain, promotion, end and an end, unexpected breakthroughs, unexpected promotions, great marriages, great relationships, happiness. How many of us have also experienced trust issues? Give me a wave if any of these things you are, you can see that at one point or the other, somewhere along the line, you know, you were either blessed or you were in hardship or you, you have cried, you have not cried, you have frowned, you have loved, you have smiled, you have been confused. How many of us at one point or the other you have been? Please give me a wave. The rest of us, where, where, where have we been? If you have been through any of this, yeah. And all I want to say to you is that welcome to life. Life is full of them. Yeah. We go through them. We pass by them. Some of it we exchange. Some of it we stay there. Yeah. You know, as I was thinking about these things, and I realized that even when it comes to sicknesses, sometimes we exchange it or we pass it on. Have you gone quiet? You don't even know what I'm going to say then. I'm not even going there, so don't worry. But that is the reality of the world we live in. The world is becoming so godless that we are becoming immune to the fact that there's actually help to deal with these things. Because do you know that for some of us, our greatest challenge now is the blessings we are getting. It's the fact that we are beginning to walk in abundance. Some of us, our greatest challenge is our need. So it is not only bad things that bring us trouble. Good things also can bring us trouble. Life in itself can bring us trouble by our very existence. Sometimes, have you not been around and, you know, you haven't particularly done something, but then trouble comes, they look at the video cameras and they see that you were walking past or walking too. And then you get on your, and knock on your door to ask you a question or two. 
you don't know. Uh, last year or the year before, we were home one night, and then the police were knocking on our door. And I, you see, sometimes I think that they like to create sensation, isn't it? You are come to ask one question, you bring two cars. <laughs> to ask one question. Yeah. So they knocked on the door. Do you have any association with so-so and so? That's why I'm happy with the husband I've married. Because he knows how to put his intimidating look on. So I stood by him for, you know, back up. <laughs> and he was like, yes, can I help you? And they were like, oh, no, we wanted to. And he was like, no, no, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. And I was trying to pinch him that, you know, become... You know, the law is the law. He said, no, get out of here and don't come back. Take all your cars, all your people. Obviously, as soon as the car was gone, my next door neighbor will come and ask, what is the matter? <laughs> I said, life will even associate you with trouble whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know, if you're in this church, you have to also let some of the grace that is upon Reverend come upon you. Do you, do you know that? Yeah. He has the ability to absorb all. I am telling you, he has the ability to absorb all. All. And Reverend, that's why last week we celebrated you. And that's why we continue to celebrate you and to appreciate you and to thank God for your life. Amen. You can come and preach with me, both of you. You know? All the things we have talked about, sickness, depression, rejection, frustration, joy, happiness. You know that the world keeps developing very intelligent people to try and see if they can help us change it, maintain it, handle it, true or false. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, are, they, they keep trying and they are really, 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 really doing their best. But today I wanted to introduce us to the fact that, listen... All these things in life, in life, there are two roads, and every one of us is on one of the roads. And all both roads have all these issues. The difference is who are those on the road, what is on the road, who is in charge of the road, who is directing the road, and where is the road going to? Because they both go to different places. Let's look at a couple of scriptures and then we'll go on. And if you are sitting here right now, I want you to begin to think, even before we look at them. Because today I'm going to focus on one particular road. But I want you to think that if there are only two roads, what road am I probably on? Tell somebody it's a question. Tell the person it's a quality question. Yeah, this week I heard that there are things and there are things. Some are quality and some are not quality. So you can have a quality wife, a quality husband, a quality girlfriend, a quality boyfriend, a quality, you know, quality, quality. Sorry? It's not coming from my mouth today. Proverbs 14, the Amplified says in verse 12, you find the same scripture in Proverbs 16, 25. The Amplified says that there is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him. 
but at the end of it is the way of death. Then the message Bible says that there is a way of life that looks harmless. Enough. Look again. See why I like this Bible. It says that the road looks harmless enough, but look again. It leads straight to hell. Do you know that it is not the one that looks dangerous that we need to be aware of? It is the one that looks harmless. It is the one that looks harmless. It is the one that looks harmless that you need to look again. How many of us did a couple of things that we thought were harmless and today we realize that they were not harmless? How many of us have said things? Sometimes you you should even be careful what you are saying to somebody or about somebody. It may appear harmless, but you don't know the distraction it causes. When people say they are bullied, sometimes it is just what is being said that stays with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's why I always say that parents, be careful what you speak over your children, especially when you are angry or when they've done something wrong. Be very, very careful because that thing that appears harmless can be very, very harmful. Yeah, how many of us, don't raise your hand, the first time you tried a drug, Somebody told you, take a a, a, a puff, smoke this, sniff this, drink this. It appeared harmless at the time. At the time, it appeared harmless. Because it was in the midst of friendly foes. Yeah. How many of us did it appear harmless? The first time somebody said, let me put my hand around your waist. It appears harmless. It appears because, after all, between the hand and your flesh, there's your vest, your skirt, your dress, your jacket, your coat. It appears harmless. There are a lot of things in life that appears harmless. That appears harmless. Yeah. Husbands and wives. Sometimes you tell your husband, you tell your wife, get away, move away, you know. Uh, the witch is passing. The wizard is passing. I always tell you that, listen, if you tell, say, tell your wife or your husband you're a witch or you're a wizard, which one is worse? The one who is a witch or the one who has married a witch? <laughs> I am it. But you had a choice. There are a lot of things that appear harmless. Yeah. You see, as I was growing up, I came to realize that, I mean, you know, I've I've been your pastor for a while. You know that most of the time what I'm thinking, I say. You know, that's why I need the Holy Spirit always so that when it comes out, it's sanitized and purified. I mean, yeah. But as I was growing, I came to realize that it is not everything that you are thinking that you must say. Yeah, even as a parent. Because when you say it, you are establishing it. And words are one of those things that you cannot take back. You cannot unring. All the I'm sorry will not erase the words. Time may heal it, but the words are there. And, And for most wounds, there are situations that can tear the wound open again. Harmless. This week, isn't it this week that we are going to do um, Halloween? Yeah. 
Doesn't it appear harmless? Some of us in this room, we have bought our Halloween costume. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you and your costume. I see you and your costume. Yeah. But you know, it's one of those things that, especially as a Christian, just read about it. Just find out why, what is it? Why is it? Do you understand? Just, just look at it. Because what? After all, what do they do? They are coming to the door to get sweets. They put on a gown and then they put on you know, so for those of you who are not sure, I just want you to read one harmless passage about Halloween because it's on Sunday so that you will know whether you should allow your children to go on Halloween or you yourself, whether that Halloween party that you were invited to that you said, I'm thinking about it, or I'll see whether I'll come. Yeah, some of you, your workplaces, isn't it? Can you tell your work people that I don't do Halloween and explain to them why? If you didn't know why, I've summarized a little one for you. So I'll read it to you so that it's just a few, a, a few lines. Just so that at least you are not ignorant. You are not ignorant about it. Yeah. Because it appears harmless. There are a lot of things that appear harmless that have been signed off as okay in the world. But what do you do as a Christian? So what is Halloween? Halloween is a holiday celebrated each year on October 31st, and Halloween will, the tradition originated with the ancient Celtic festival, yeah, of Samhain, when people would light bonfires, wear costumes to ward off ghosts. <laughs> I haven't finished at all. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory designated November 1st as a time to honor saints. You see how they mix it with religion. Soon, all saint days incorporated some traditions from the Celtic festival. The evening before was known as Hallow's Eve and later became Halloween. Over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activities like trick-or-treating, whatever. Now, Halloween's origination dates back to 2,000 years ago, mostly around Ireland and the United Kingdom. <laughs> United Kingdom, we are known for fish and chips, but Sunday roast and Halloween, okay. This day marked the end of the summer, harvest, summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter. And it was associated with human death. The Celts believed that on the night before the new year, because the new year was celebrated on 1st of November. So the night before, which is the 31st night, the Celts believed that on that night, the boundary between worlds, the world of the living and the world of the dead, becomes blurred. They mix on the night of October 31st, they will celebrate the sowing. When it was believed that the ghost of the dead returned to the earth. And you get into Asda, Costco, and things, and you see that food there, Halloween there, and you're like, yeah, and then your children are like, Mommy, I want that, Mommy, I want that. You have to say, I bind it in the name of Jesus. In addition to them causing trouble to crops, Cells thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier 
for the Celtic priest to be able to make predictions about the future. For a people entirely dependent on a very volatile world, the prophecies were very important and a source of comfort. And so to commemorate this, they built huge sacred bonfires where people gathered and they sacrificed animals and crops to the deities. And during the celebration, they wore all kinds of costumes, including animal heads and, and skins to tell each other's fortunes. So palm reading was also there. And when the celebration was over, they would light the fires, which they said would protect them for the coming year. I'm not going to read anymore. In fact, let me read this last part. It says that the Romans also, when they conquered the Celtic, incorporated it. And then they incorporated it as a tradition to commemorate the passing of the dead. And then the, goddess, the Roman goddess of fruits and trees. The symbol is the apple. And the incorporation of this explains the tradition of the popping of apples, which is practiced up to today. Here ends the reading of a certain word. <laughs> you see, there are things that appear harmless. How many of us knew that Halloween had anything to, the, to do with the worship sacrifice of the dead? Yeah. It sounds so harmless. Then we buy a box of sweets, and when the children open the door, then you give them, then you give them. What do you think, what do you think happens to us as we grow? Why do you think that the West has become more and more godless? We want to stop so many things, but we will not stop something like that. Tell somebody by you that everything is not harmless. Tell them that take it seriously, everything is not harmless. Hmm. Yeah. We must worry about it. Yeah. So if there's a road that appears harmless, but it leads to death, it leads to a very bad end, then it also means that there is also another way. Tell somebody there's also another way. There is also another way. You know, and I want us to even remove from our mind because sometimes we have misinterpreted scripture a bit and given an impression that the one road is so big and the other road is so small. The other road is not so small. The only that thing is that that road, only few people like to walk on it. Isaiah 48, the Bible says in verse 17, we're going to see first of all, who is going to take us on that road. It says that, this is what the Lord says, I'm reading the NLT, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is good? Who, te who teaches us what is good? As a parent, I know that my, when I'm describing something as good, it's re relative to my protection of my children. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I am limited in me trying to describe to you what is good. Who teaches us what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow? I pray that today somebody will live here making that decision that they want to follow the road that God will guide them to. 
God will guide you, but my next thing to you is that you have to choose that you want that road. You have to choose that you want that road. You have to choose that you want that road. Tell somebody the choice is yours. <laughs> the choice is yours. And also tell the person that even if you decide that you won't make a choice, you have made a choice. Yeah. Not making a choice is also a choice. Because you know that if, you are, if there are only two buses and you, they say that, get on the bus and you say, yeah, I won't get, I, I won't, you will still end up somewhere. If you've ever slept on the underground train before, you will know. You didn't make a choice of a station that you wanted to get down. The train made a decision for you and took you to the very end of the district line. <laughs> Last stop. What, what do they say on the train? Last stop. All change, please. All change, please. Then you hear, then the engine switched off. Jeremiah 31, the Bible says that they shall come with weeping and with supplications. I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way in which they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel. You see, and what we are talking about is the fact that this road that God is bringing us on, that God is asking us to make a choice on, on this road, we are still going to experience some level of pain, going to have some setbacks, going to have some challenges, going to have to deal with certain things. But all through it, you will still not stumble. But you have to come. It's not a road that anybody is going to push you on. It's not a road that anybody is going to drag you on. It says that they shall come. You will have to come. Some of us, we come being dragged because we are crying, or we come, you know, with humility, with supplication, a humble request, with sincerity. The Bible says in Jeremiah 21, verse 8, And to this people you shall say, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Tell somebody there's no way in between. You see, when the Bible is describing the way of life and the way of death, what it is saying is that, on the way of life, when you even physically die, you still have life. And on the other way, when you die, the life you have after is a life that you experience. It's like death. It's miserable. Do you understand what I'm saying? The NLT put it this They say, tell all the people, this is what the Lord is saying. Take your choice of life or death. Every now and then we must be reminded of it because the bustle and hustle of life makes us forget that, listen, every day we wake up, we make a choice. This morning we made a choice, I'll go to church, I'll go to church. Some people made a choice that they'll go to church and then they go to Kexa Road and they said, we'll do YouTube today. We'll stick to the YouTube. <laughs> yeah. For, for credit come tomorrow. Yeah. Life is full of choices. But the most important choice you will ever make in your life is the road you decide to walk on. Is the road you decide to walk on. Is the road you decide to walk on. 
You know, recently I've been reflecting on a lot of things and I've come to realize that, you know, since we finished high school, finished university, everybody working, do whatever, trying to live their lives, you, I can see clearly amongst my friends, my family and all that, distinctly, those who made a choice to hear what God has to say and to accept it and take it, and those who didn't, as the decades have gone on, we have reaped it. We have reaped it. It is very clear. And that is the beauty about this road, that when you are on that road, it doesn't matter because on that road, we are all very different. But so long as we are on that road and that road, God is the one who has brought us on that road. He will use all our nonsense, our this, our that, our that, our that, and keep us well. Keep us well. Keep us well. Keep us well. For some of us, if it's not for Christ, we will survive. We can't even stay sane. You may not know that madness is just knocking around the door. Madness is just madness is just walking around the door. Deuteronomy 30, the Bible says in verse 19. The NLT says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you will choose life. You know when somebody says, oh. <laughs> Do you know what oh means? Oh is a whole story. Because sometimes you, you meet somebody and say, what happened? Oh. <laughs> is there, that's two paragraphs. And today the Bible is telling us, oh, that you will choose life. How many of us can even look back and realize that there were some choices we shouldn't have made? So that you and your descendants may live. Because your choices is not even just about you. It's about generations yet unborn. Yeah. Some of us, our parents made choices that created a certain level of death in the family till today. Yeah. Wealth dies. Peace dies. Faith dies. It was a choice they made. Verse 20, you can make this choice by loving God, the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long. <laughs> if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long. If you love and obey... Listen, some of those harmless choices, they have a way of bringing our life to an abrupt end. All it takes is to sleep with the wrong person, you get the wrong disease, and you die. Yeah. All it is to go into the wrong environment. Do you know that there are some environments that pulling a knife is not a big deal? It's also an environment. It's also an environment. A few years ago, I shared a story with you where one of my um, aunties went to visit her friend in London because the friend had lost her son. And when she went, the sad story was the fact that they had gone to high school, after school, they had come home, and they were just playing games downstairs. So their younger brother was downstairs playing game with a friend, and the older brother 
was upstairs with another friend. And the one who was upstairs, they were listening to some of the absolutely foolish songs we have today. With the foolish words, and the words were encouraging them to pull the knife. And they were singing it and shouting and rapping it and rapping it. And before they could blink, the friend had come from upstairs, with downstairs to the kitchen, took the knife, saw the little boy and stabbed him. What I'm saying applies to everything. There are so many things we should stop belittling. Listen, as a Christian, nobody should have to come and tell you, don't do this, don't do this. That is religion. What you need is to develop a good relationship. That's why the Bible says, love the Lord. Let your will align to his will. It will let you know. When you are listening to a song that's not right, you will know. When you are watching something that's not good, you know. You don't need somebody to come and tell you that this is not right. Or this is, don't do this, don't do this. Don't do this, don't do this doesn't help you. It just makes you hide it. What you need is your own acknowledgement. Your own. Yeah. The church is becoming toxic in itself. Because we are trying to encourage people to blend in and be normalized. You don't want to be awkward. You don't want to appear different. You have to be, appear different. I can't be on a KLM flight. You be on a British Airways flight and we are the same. Yeah. At what point in the air did you hop? You have to be different. But the choice is yours. The choice is yours. That is why we just sang, take me to, I'm tired, I'm fed up of playing church. Yeah, we put it, yesterday, a pastor was saying that he has stopped going for when people get married or they have baby dedication or they have engagement or they are doing their 40th, 50th. He said he has stopped going. When they invite him, he'll be like, let me just pray for you, be blessed. Because after a while, he realized that when he goes to the party, they start the party, and then they are singing, Amen, 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 Amen. It is so, it is so. And then when he comes, he says, Oh, I hope you're having, I'll be leaving now. Then as he gets to, before he can even get to the gate, then the things change, the, the song, <laughs> then the party begins to start. The real party begins to start. Now they are pulling the drinks from under the table. And then, and then they'll be like, hey, this is your pastor. He stayed here for so long. Why? What was this problem? <laughs> and they'll be pulling. Then the DJ will tend to, you know, Who do you think you are fooling? Who do you think you are deceiving? Preach, Pastor, preach. I have come into your bedroom, your living room, your kitchen, and your bathroom. But that is the church today. And then when a pastor mistakenly decides that today I will preach about it, then you find somebody frowning. They'll squeeze their face. Listen, nobody in this world can squeeze their face more than me. If you go and ask people who have known for a long time and say, oh, do you know Gloria? Say, hey, that little girl who used to always frown. Come, try it. I pray that today we'll be liberated. We'll be set free. And then when we make a choice, it is a choice for real. It's not a choice from compulsion, but it is a choice from conviction. Let's go. We are almost done. I'll leave here soon. Look, the month is ending. I'll be here. Don't worry. 
peace and calm will arrive. Isaiah describes this way. He says that, oh, Jerusalem, Isaiah 62, I'm going to read 6 and 7, and then I'll read 10 and 11. From the NLT, he says that, oh, Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night, continually. Take no rest, all you who pray to the Lord. Give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. And why are we going to pray and pray? Verse 10. Go out through the gates, prepare the highway for my people to return. Smooth out the road, pull out the boulders, raise a flag for all the nations to see. The Lord has sent this message to every land. Tell the people of Israel, look, your Savior is coming. And see, he brings his reward with him as he comes. Tell somebody that there is a highway. And it is called the highway of salvation. And tell the person that I have another secret for you. That highway is a person. John chapter 14, the Bible says in verse 6. The Amplified says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What did he say? I am the way. The message Bible said, Jesus said, I am the road. I am also the truth. I am also the life. And no one gets to the Father except by me. Somebody say, welcome to Jesus. Welcome to Jesus. Yes. He is the road. He is the life. He is my life. He is your life. He is the gift that keeps giving. He is our sacrifice. He is our answer. He is our solution. He is our exceedingly great reward. He is our healer. He is our helper. He is our advocate. He is our savior. He is our grace giver. Our mercy giver. He is the forgiver of our sins. What else do you want? Anything you can think about, he is. Anything you can think about, he is. What did the song writer say? There is nobody greater. Nobody, nobody, nobody greater. Nobody greater. What happens on this road? Nobody greater. Bill, I have to preach with me today.
when you go on this road called Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 19 verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus who was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. See, when they are describing in scripture a tax collector, they are trying to let us know that he was a dodgy person. And he was also a rich person. And it says that he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. You see, I have an issue with that. You too, yeah. Yeah. You know, because if I have come on this road where Jesus enters, you know, we are all, we are all in this story. We are all, Jesus has entered into this room. Jesus is here. And then they are describing Zacchaeus that he's a tax collector. He was a rich man. You know, you can put yourself there. I am a doctor. I'm a businessman. I'm a student. I am whatever. I work. I don't work. I'm a mother. I'm this. I'm a single person. I'm married, whatever. You know, I'm going through this. I'm believing God for this healing. I'm having, tell somebody we all have issues. But why have they included being short? Ah. Yeah. I, it, it bothered me. You know, I've read this scripture over and over and I've always been okay with it. But this week it has bothered me. I said, what have we done? We short people, what have we done? I mean, what have we done? How do we, I mean, yeah, couldn't he have just described the tax collector, the rich tax collector who won? But Sam, even before that, it says that, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed. You see, anything you are, there are benefits. His shortness made him, once people were looking happy, he was going in between them like that. <laughs> You know, I was, when I got upset about this scripture that I thought when I get to heaven, we'll talk about it. Then the Lord reminded me the times that my shortness has been a blessing. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. The thing is, that if I don't tell you, you'll meet somebody who will tell you. So it's always better when I tell you, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when I was in high school, I was in boarding school. My sister was in boarding school, but she was in a very different boarding school in a different city. But the boarding school I was in, the year ended before theirs. They had like two days or three days before theirs would end. So when I got home, you know, she's my, you know, partner in crime, partner in life till today. So, of course, as soon as I got home, I took a small bag straight to her boarding school. And um, I went to stay there. I'm not a member of the school. I'm not. And those two days, they don't really do anything because they're just getting ready. So in the morning... We'll play it, and then, and in fact, when we finished school for a long time, there were people who meet recently, and they always thought I went to that school. I said, may the Lord forgive you. <laughs> but one night, as because there's a time to go to bed, which was like 9 p.m. or whatever, one night we were playing music, and I can remember the song, so I was Michael Jackson. <laughs> and then the other uh, person's song, I don't know who made that song, she is fresh, so fresh. Cool and the gang. If you are below a certain age, you don't have a clue. And if you are above a certain age and you know it, may the Lord deliver you. 
and then we're playing Michael Jackson. Billy Jean, come along. Oh, salvation has brought so much help. So they were playing the music. First of all, you can't have any music in the school. Second of all, at that time, everybody should have to asleep. Third of all, what's your name and where have you come from? From where's coming down? So among the 10 friends who were listening to the music, two of us were, will be described in the Bible as short. I'll mention her name because maybe her husband doesn't know. You to tell your husband so he can be free or something. <laughs> so when the, we heard the door opening and they recognized that it was their prefect, within two seconds, the short ones slipped under the bed safely <laughs> safely, smoothly, easily were lying still and the tall ones were hitting themselves <laughs> stumbling over each other <laughs> falling as they went along and by the time the light was switched on, they were all picked up one by one by one by one by one and guess who came to their rescue after they had been caught? The short ones so the prefect in her anger took her book, her paper, name, Joyce of her, name, I can't even mention their names because some of them, tell, tell your children, tell your husband, tell all the people that once upon, they wrote their names, all them, eight of them or even more, wrote all of them their names, yes, for punishment on, you know, but as she was about to finish, you know, we hit one of the friends who was standing by us. You know, and then the person sort of stumbled. So the prefect put her paper on the bed and then um, was trying to help her. But as soon as she put the paper on the bed, the short ones, they took their hand and then they took their paper and then they put the paper right under the bed. <laughs> so, so the prefect walked out and then quickly came back. I was like, paper. And the people were still standing there. So she was like, ah, did I take the paper? Didn't I take the paper? Where is the paper? And, ah, By the time she left and the people came out, we said, and then she took the uh, thing, what would you call them those times? Ghetto blaster. Ghetto blaster. Google, Google, Google ghetto blaster. You will know what a ghetto blaster She took it. And then the people, when we came out, we said, you people, you owe us. You, all of you, you owe us chocolate and let me finish the story, then I'll repent. <laughs> then the next day, which was the last day, the owner of the ghetto blaster went to the prefect and said, please, I need the ghetto blaster to go home. Otherwise, my parents will be very upset. He said, no, it's been seized, blah, blah, blah. And that person who owned the ghetto blaster was my short colleague. We said, no problem. So in the night, the short ones, the short ones, the short ones. We are always under the radar. We went back into the room and we took the ghetto blaster. Then the morning of everybody leaving, she went back. She said, Senior, my parents are here. They want the ghetto blaster. No, I'm going to take it to them myself and let them know. So the senior went to look for her ghetto blaster and she couldn't find the ghetto blaster. <laughs> I don't know. You have to. The 
girl was panicking, fearful. I'll buy another one. No, I don't want another one. This one, no, you, I want this one. I want my own. I want the one that. I say, whatever you are is a blessing. Whatever you are, stop despising yourself. Stop despising who you are. I'm educated. I'm not educated. I'm rich. I'm not rich. I'm poor. I'm, I'm black. I'm white. It doesn't matter. Whatever you are, God likes you as you are. Obviously, as I'm pastoring today, we can assume that I have repented. But don't push me. <laughs> I tell you. Tell somebody salvation. Tell somebody salvation. Yeah. Let's continue reading. We're reading the scripture. Zacchaeus just annoyed me. If I wasn't Zacchaeus, it was, you know, yes, he's trying to irritate us, but we will not. He says that. When Jesus came by, He looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus. God is looking at you this after he's saying that, Gloria, Ogechi, he's calling you by name. Jesus does not call us as a group, as a church. He calls you by name. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. He wants you, you, you. Let's stop using our faith as us. It's you. He called him by name. The scripture could have said he called him. It says he called him by name. The Lord is mentioning your name today. That my relationship with you has been up and down, zigzag, and you know, corner, corner, inside, out. You have made yourself like the short glory. You go, you move. Yes, you have become very slippery. I was never punished in high school. Me. But would you believe that I never did anything wrong? I was never, ever, ever punished. Oh, one day in my own high school, the very last day of school, everybody eats everything they have left because school is going to be over. You don't want to take anything home. So plenty of food was being eaten. In the middle of the night, they had the pots there. People were eating out of, eating out of it. And whilst we were eating, the light just came on. And... Look at my height. My best friend was probably taller than Joe. <laughs> of me and my friend. <laughs> let me see, let me see. Hey, you see why you should always tell the truth? Pastor Sam has evidence. Pastor, where do you go and get this? This is the five musketeers. <laughs> do you want to see their faces? Never. I seize your phone. Pastor, where did you go and find this picture? So you see this one. <laughs> Today, one of them is a queen, I tell you. The one at the very end here, this one, this one. She was the clumsiest. So when the light came on, who do you think disappeared first? Who disappeared first? Yours truly. Guess who was caught first? <laughs> the tallest one. <laughs> she was lying flat in the middle. <laughs> She didn't even make an effort. <laughs> she did not even make an effort. 
But Jesus still calls the short, the tall, the skinny, the fat, the white, the black. And he calls us by name. He calls us by name. You know, there were times when our headmistress knew I was part of it, but she didn't have proof. She never had proof. The, the one time that I was about to be added to the trouble, I went to one of our housemistress teachers who was the worst of the worst. She only defends bad people. I went to her crying that they are trying to add me to this. She said, don't worry. Leave it with me. <laughs> I said, God is defending you. In spite of our faithfulness, in spite of our behavior, in spite of our Samoanness, none of us is excluded from the love of God. None of us is excluded from the calling of God. He's calling your name. He's calling your name. I'm finishing. Let's go. Obviously, I've brought the same behavior to the church. He says, Zacchaeus, quickly. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, verse 6, and took Jesus to his house in great... You know, before that, he said, come down. I must be a guest. That's the NLT. The King James says, I have to stay in your home today. Jesus is going to come and stay in your home today. He's going to remain, abide in your home today. He's going to live with you for the rest of your life. He's going to ensure that you stay on this road for the rest of your life. But guess what? Zacchaeus was so excited. He said he climbed down quickly and took Jesus. He says that Zacchaeus quickly. I pray that for those of us who are not sure where our salvation lies, today we'll make a quick decision. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Zacchaeus did not hesitate. He wasn't like, God, mm, quickly. And with excitement and joy. How many of you know that when you have excitement and joy, you will find the naysayers? The verse 7 says that, but the people were displeased for he has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner. How many of you are like me? We fall into the category of notorious sinners. <laughs> you see, it was recently that I was thinking about it that all of us, maybe we were not, you know, me, I was too small for boys to like me, so that way it was a blessing. So this boy's boys matter. <laughs> it wasn't because I didn't see nice boys, but I was too short for them. Listen. Listen, 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 listen. Listen, listen. I told you already. Flat breast plus, oh, you have safe. Salvation is free. I mean, you don't have to do well. But I had what was also wrong with me. You and I, we know our sins already. We don't need people to engage us to tell us what is all wrong with us. Jesus already knows that he's coming to a notorious sinner's house. But he chooses to come anyway. He chooses to come and sup with you anyway. He chooses to come and live with you anyway. He chooses that he's coming to stay with you anyway. Then Zacchaeus decided to make his own confession. <laughs> I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times. When God, when you encounter, have a real encounter with Jesus, you have a level of exposure to yourself and you are able to know that this is a time to repent. 
I want to tell you something. It's very easy to regret a bad thing that you've done. But if you regret something that bad that you've done and you don't repent, it's only a matter of time you repeat it. It's okay to have regret, but move past regret and repent. Repent means to turn around, to change your mind, to go in the opposite direction. You don't do 360, you do 180. For those of us who like angles. Some people, everything they turn into maths. Do you know those people? That was one of the things that saved me. I was so good in maths that if I did something wrong, uh, Miss Beidou, rest your soul. May your soul rest in peace. Miss Beidou will always say, no, can't be me. Obviously, she was learning maths. She couldn't have been there. <laughs> and she's dead now, so she will hear this message to know that all the time that she was defending me. <laughs> we could be sitting in an exam room writing O levels, A levels, even A levels. She'll come and pass by and say, I'm expecting an A from you. And then those sitting by me will be like, what about us? <laughs> Acts 3 verse 19. Today, why am I exposing myself like that? I am exposing myself so that you'll be free to also just live your life. Yeah, we need a certain level of freedom as Christians. Acts 3, the Bible says in verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. May you have times of refreshing. May you, may you have seasons of, you know, showers of blessings, seasons that of, of, of goodness, that even though everything may not be perfect, you know, the presence of God will bring you refreshing. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you. Tell somebody, today I change my mind. Today I change my heart. Tell somebody, today I have a turn around. I have a turn around. I have a turn around. And so the scripture we are reading, Luke 19, the verse 9 says that Jesus responded and said, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Hallelujah. That promise of salvation is coming to you today. Today, all of us in this room, we are going to ensure that we are on the highway of salvation. And you know what? When you have this salvation, it brings you rest even in the midst of chaos. The Bible says in Jeremiah 6, 16, that says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the eternal path, where the good old way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. I want you to rise up this afternoon. Matthew eleven twenty eight. the Bible says that, this is Jesus speaking to us, come to me, all of you, who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Okay, she reminded us of it today. If you are weary and tired and fed up of carrying heavy burdens, come to Jesus and he will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For indeed, the Lord's yoke is easy to bear and his burden is light.